I'm Janet Harrison, founder of the People's Choice Drinks Awards, and this is Open Up and Pour, a podcast featuring people who love wines and spirits and who know a good thing when they taste it. Each episode, I'll chat to one or two people, from industry insiders to regular punters, and find out what it is they love about their favourite tipple. An informal chat sharing great drink stories with a few laughs along the way, a sort of drinks confessional. For more information about the People's Choice Drinks Awards, go to peopleschoicedrinksawards.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. In this episode, I'm joined by my friend and co-presenter Kate Goodman, owner of Reserve Wines, which has five sites around Manchester and Cheshire. We're talking to Cleo Farman, owner of Diabless Run. We're catching up generally following lockdown easing, and we hear from Cleo about the huge challenges she faced when starting up a new spirits brand. Hi Janet, lovely to be here. You okay? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very good. What have you been up to? Anything exciting now that things have opened up? Yeah, exactly. It's been an exciting, challenging few weeks as well. But um, get well. We've obviously been open at a couple of the sites, but getting all the um, hospitality sites open properly. And well, Mackie wasn't open. Mackie Mare in in Manchester wasn't open at all. So getting that open again. so it's been it's been great. It's just great to have everybody back, all the teams in, and um, doing what we do really. And how are you, Janet? Yeah, yeah, fine. Under under the circumstances, absolutely fine. Um, yeah, we've had some an exciting week because we've launched the on the People's Choice Drinks Awards. We've launched this um, what's called Find My Wine. So we've got a new wine search facility. Um, so people can go go in. Um, we're going to do it for spirits actually um, next year. But people can go in and search for wines by occasion. So say I don't know, there's eight occasions. So if you want something for outdoors or um, a celebration or whatever, and you choose the color of the wine and then press the magic button and then uh, you get a selection and they're all um, finalists, uh, runners up, winners of the um 2021 award so it's a really good way to for people to you know through traffic if you like to the to the website consumers can hopefully find it really useful in finding something that they want to drink for a particular occasion so that was really exciting I can't tell you how much work that's been to to get that up and running but anyway um it's it's definitely worth it um and then yeah we're um we're going well God, July, we're going to be opening submissions for spirits. Um, So we've now got, uh, last year we only had eight spirits categories. We've now got 22. Um, And um, yeah, so it's going to be, it's going to be a much bigger competition this year. So that neatly leads me on. I think they call it a segue, don't they? Is that right? (laughs) In the profession. Um, to our to our lovely guest, who is uh, Cleo Farman from uh, Diables. Have I said that Hello. correctly? Is that the right pronunciation? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well done, um, brilliant. And um, Diables um, actually were runner up in two of our run run categories this year, twenty twenty one. So their Caribbean rum uh, was runner up in uh, Rum on the Rocks for sipping rums and Clementine Spice Rum, uh, for our hilariously named Spice Up Your Life category. 
so you did quite well, didn't you? I know, I was absolutely thrilled. I was like, that's brilliant. No, that's brilliant for both of them to come because they're both very different types of rum. So it's lovely that they they both got something. Well, yeah, it's doing quite well, actually. I'm like, oh, good. <laughs> So, I mean, how how did the rum brand come about? How, you know, what was the catalyst for that? Did you just sit down one day and go, you know what? Well, I used to have bars. I used to have um, I don't do you know Odd Bar and all them. They were all yeah. mine, and um, the Blue Pig. And I did that for about fourteen, fifteen years, and then thought, no, I'm going to stop this now. I, I had a brilliant time, but I've always loved rum. And so I started fishing about. I had loads of very knowledgeable people that worked with me and got to know quite a lot of the industry pros, that, you know, the experts that could tell me all about it. So I started fishing around and then just thought, right, I'm going to give it a go. And it's the hardest thing I've ever done. But it's brilliant. I mean, my learning curve is like up the wall and fall off the ceiling every day it is. But it's brilliant. But, yeah, so that's what, and, um, yeah, that's what started it off. But I'd always like rum because I used to... Um, New marketing um, and um, sales for Necker Island um, for Richard Branson, which is where I first fell in love oh, with yeah. the rum. I was hurling myself off the top of a pirate galleon. I took, <laughs> I took a press trip over there. Like you do. <laughs> yes, you do. And it was brilliant. And there's this, it's, um, there's this, they've got an old pirate galleon that they've converted into a bar in Norman Bay, I think it's called Willie Tees or something. And that's, I had about three or four daiquiris and then jumped off the top. And then I just thought, brilliant, I love rum, basically. I shouldn't really say that, should I? <laughs> I'm still alive, so it's okay. <laughs> and then ever since then, I just want to know more and more about it. I've become a bit of a nerd, actually. But you have to be, I think, if you want to do it properly. So you worked with Richard Branson. Is that right? I was his PA for a little while. I worked in his house, in, in the top of his house, in his snooker room. And, um, yeah, we used to have lunch together and everything. It was bonkers. And then, you know, I was in charge of getting people out to Neckarina. So I did IBM, um, you know, trip for their best-selling people and all that jazz. Um, I had to take press trips and things out there, which was awful not. <laughs> it's amazing. And so I just... Yeah, I, I can imagine. I first, yeah, and that's my first proper taste of proper Caribbean rum. And then that sort of was in the back burner. did the bars, and I thought, right, I'm going to go and explore this um, a bit more. But we used to go to Ultra Market. We used to sit outside. I campaigned at... Oh, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> it's in yours in, in Ultra Market as well. But um, we, I used to meet this brilliant guy called the Rum Diarist and we used to sit in Optimum Market and he used to bring down lots of samples of rum from different stills, different islands, all this. And we used to sit there and mix them and discuss why it tastes different and how it's distilled. We got very drunk, but I learned loads. You can't remember it the next day, though. <laughs> <laughs> you notes, which got more and more garbage as we went along. But it made sense, and that's I've managed to get two rums out of it, which is brilliant. I can't believe it, actually. It's amazing, Cleo, when you have an idea like that, you think, right, that's that's what I'm going to pursue. So after that point, what happened? Had you sold your bars and you thought, right, this is the next step, or is it? did it coincide for a bit? And then how do you go about bringing a, a rum to market? Because it's pretty massive, isn't it, trying to bring a new brand to market? Yeah, it's insane. And I think that if I knew, knew then what I know now, I might not have attempted it because it's huge. 
it's not for the faint-hearted, put it that way. Um, but then, um, no, I'd always wanted to do it. And then I got I'd stopped the bars in January 18 and then launched this on the, uh, well, no, started work on it in March 18. Um, and just went to see all sorts of, I went to visit distilleries. Um, I, again, spoke to many, many industry people. There's an amazing uh, rum merchants in Liverpool who were brilliant. And it's just about you have to educate yourself quick, quick, quick. And then I just started thinking, um, had tons and tons of samples and things. And literally, just uh, I was living in Chalton at the time, just spent ages tipping rums into things. And we took, we had about 60, 60 different blends and was taking it out to trade shows, restaurants, chefs, um, everything. Saying, what do you think of this? And then just when I thought I'd got the one, it had come back going, nah. I'm like, oh, like this. Anyway, um, it drove me mad. But <laughs> I thought this is one, they're going to love it, but they didn't. Well, but they did in the end. That's why I've got these two. Um, and that's what happened really. So it's lots of sampling, trial and error. And then the Clementine one was the same. I had one that I really liked, but that came back. Everyone said, no, it's got too much clove in it. So market research is really, really, really important. And that took a, a year to do that um, before it was launched. So it launched in February 19. And then it's just been insane. Brilliant, it's been. Where did the name come from? Why why Diablo? That, that's mad as well. So I worked really, really hard on these rums. And I thought, what on earth am I going to call it? Like, yeah. oh, no. Yeah. And like, um, it's, really important. <laughs> it's really important to me. This is a female forward rum, if you like. There aren't a lot of... Uh, females around in this business and it, it can be quite hard and I'm uh, I'm wanting to tip the balance a bit more with female representation in the category I mean there's loads of like brilliant master distillers that are women but as a brand you know you've got Sailor Jerry that's got a woman on the label but I can't think of anybody else that really is, you know what I mean that's embracing that so and plus the fact the rum's from the Caribbean and it's got some excellent provenance and heritage it really really has so I thought I want something that represents that. I don't want to call it a British a British name. Some people say call it Cleo's rum. No, I'd rather kill myself and do that. That's a bit harsh. But um, and so I found I was looking through Caribbean folklore and mythology, and I found this lady, and she's just amazing. She's called La Diablas, and as uh, she's a, so she's a female devil. So you've heard of El Diablo, who's La Diablas. And she used to roam the Caribbean by moonlight, um, seducing men to their ultimate face, fate in the, in the jungle. And I just thought that's great. And she also stood for female empowerment as well. And I just thought that's just brilliant. And she had one cloven hoof because she'd been dealing with the devil, but we don't talk about that bit. And, uh, <laughs> and she used to hide just the one. a wide brim hat. Yeah, just one, not two. Otherwise, she couldn't walk. Um, but she had a wide brim hat, which is what the bottle is. <laughs> I always say she, she hid it in the grass so no one could see. But anyway, that's probably that's what I'd do. <laughs> I was just going to say, you mentioned female forward rum um, and, you know, females in the spirit sort of industry being or had been in, maybe in the past quite rare. Are you seeing that changing a little bit now? A little bit. It'd be good to have more brand owners that are solely women-led. You're getting a lot of brand partnerships, which is good. There's more and more women entering it. There's a couple of other brand brands that I know of that are solely women. Um, 
but it just the whole the whole thing needs rebalancing a little bit and you know there's all sorts of reasons for that it is quite a male dominated world and it can be quite bullish sometimes so you've just got to get in there and really not take no for an answer um but it is happening and also I mean I wanted to develop this brand to appeal a bit more to a more inclusive audience so, you know, rum being seen as like it's very tiki based or having rum and coke or you can set fire to it or someone's had it when they were 16 and they're never going near it again, that sort of thing. And what I'm trying to do is do some really quite sophisticated, beautiful serves that you may not really sort of cocktails rather that you may not really equate with rum. So I'm spending a lot of time doing that, just making it a bit more accessible, I think, to people that maybe wouldn't yeah. have thought of trying it before. Um, particularly when, when we do the markets, which is a great way of meeting people. A lot of women, especially walk past, go, don't like rum. And I'm going, you haven't tried it yet. You come back here. And by the end of it, they're walking off with it because it's, it's <laughs> really because a bit scared. But um, <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> no, it's just demonstrating, you know, how you can drink it. And it's not, it doesn't have to be loaded with sugar or it can be quite, a, as I say, quite a refined thing. And so the two rums I've got are very different, but um, they cater to quite a lot of taste. And as I say, um, it's about education 100%. So Cleo, what are your top tips? Because in honesty, I probably you know I'm interfacing with these kind of drinks most days well probably more wine and spirits but certainly come across and sample a lot of spirits what would be your kind of top tips for how to drink it um I did read that you said it's great in a Negroni so I'd love to know that recipe yeah it's beautiful that <laughs> I've got loads of cocktails I mean we're, we're putting rum into cocktails that aren't traditionally rum based but yeah, we've done a chocolate orange Negroni, which is just insane. But if you're not used to rum, it, you know, it's like people used to be about like with gin, didn't they? People, there was a time where everyone went, oh no, and they were chucking babies out the window and all sorts of things. You know what I mean? And um, so, <laughs> gin was seen as mother's ruin, and now it's like again, it's a very inclusive audience. It's about teaching people how to drink it. Um, I always say to people, if you're not used to drinking neat spirits, don't suddenly start trying rum neat, because if you don't drink neat spirits, then you're not going to like that either. So, you know, go with what you're used to. So people, so a lot of people like it with Coke. But I would say, say try drinking it at first with a mixer that you like. And I can suggest loads of ones that you wouldn't necessarily um, imagine, like the golden rum that I've got goes amazingly with elderflower tonic. It's just mixing it up a bit. Do you see what I mean? And then you put fresh kiwi in that. And it's just things that you wouldn't necessarily um, imagine with it. Just being explorative with it. And then graduating up to cocktails. Um, if you're someone that doesn't like hard spirits, like I love daiquiris, for instance, but that's quite hardcore if you don't like really strong drinks. So just have longer drinks. Do you see what I mean? That's, that's how I would recommend it. And find things to garnish it with that you really like. So the, the clementine rum goes really well with ginger ale and fresh strawberries. To things you wouldn't necessarily mm, yeah. you wouldn't necessarily equate that with with strawberries, would you? But it's really lovely. I mean, we no. put those things on our website, and it's fab. We were do, we were talking before we started recording about you doing your um, cocktails <laughs> on the couch, was it, or whatever? It, you were doing lots <laughs> of stuff on social. 
which I thought was great. And I know you said you were quite scared about doing it at first, but, you know, lockdown meant that you had to sort of get the word out somehow. And it was just fab to hear you you doing those uh, Instagram reels and stuff. Yeah, no, I know. I was a bit scared because I work with so many amazing, beautiful mixologists that are award-winning. Like I track them down and say, "Help me do something beautiful." And then there's me go, "Woohoo! Try this on my kitchen table." <laughs> that is brilliant, though. That's what we want. I was saying. I was. Yeah, what we want. Yeah, exactly. It's more authentic. I think is the word. I remember you started. What I was looking at you. You started like bonjour. I was thinking, oh, this is going to be really good. <laughs> no, and I was having different music at the beginning, but then I got slapped by social media and they started threatening me with licenses. So I've had to stop doing that. You've got to be oh, careful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So where can we where can we buy the the rums now? Are they available all around the UK? Apart from reserve wines, reserve of course. Wine <laughs> That's where I would go first of all. All your rat diablesse rum needs. But um, no, after that, I mean, there have been um, other little independent um, high-end sort of wine and spirits merchants, if you like. Selfridges have got it. Um, at the moment, we've done a lot of online. So there's Master of Malt, Whiskey Exchange Online and Amazon 31 Dover, all those sorts of online places. Um, and now we, because it's such a young brand, we were just taking off in the on-trade when it all shut down. So we're growing that again as well. So you'll start seeing it on cocktail lists a bit more and it's just creaking back into action. But yeah, it's online. I do it on my own website, which is my new toy. I've just set up a shop on there so you can get it from there. But yeah, that's that's mainly where you get it from. It's everywhere, I think. And I've got a new flavour okay. coming out, but I can't tell you I have to kill you. So what's the point in mentioning it actually? Sorry. Oh. <laughs> I know exactly why could you why do that to us? <laughs> I can't I can't tell you yet before someone else does. It's really like that. It's very competitive indeed. Yeah, I can imagine. So that's your plan then basically to extend the range and add more flavors blends or whatever is that presumably is what you want to do yeah 100 i want to do some more in the spiced and flavored range because i think that rum will gain popularity because the, the spiced and flavored variants are a bit e- more easy drinking so i think people that aren't used to rum will get used to that and then graduate over to the other that's what people have done with mine actually which has been lovely then they've graduated on to sort of not rums without flavour, just pure rums that are different blends of pure rums with no additives in it. And I think that rum will probably become, that some rum has sugar added to it, there's nothing wrong with that at all. I've chosen not to do that with the golden one. And I think people will just start, as I say, getting a bit more educated and they'll want to know what's in it. Like the gin explosion's been mad, hasn't it? Everyone's talking about botanicals and where's even where's the water come from in, in the gin, etc. And I think that's the way rum's going. Um, people are getting more and more interested, which is great because I can talk about it till my head falls off. <laughs> and I will. <laughs> well, I think that's the good thing as well with you, Cleo, if you're offering people different ways to drink it as well. That's so important, isn't it? To say, okay, try it like this or try it in this cocktail or try it with this mixer. Like you say, I love that, what you said earlier, a mixer that you like. Just try it with that and see. 
Yeah, there's no right or wrong way, and people can be a bit scared. I think they're trying, to, especially if you're if you're faced with aficionados, it could be a little bit overwhelming. You're like that. Oh God, I'm not. I'm just going to go with something I know. So I'm systematically going around the country, leaping about and telling people all about it. There's only one of me, but anyway, I'm doing my best. I did a tasting in reserve actually. And it was brilliant. Oh, thank you. I did. I did one in West Didsbury, and I did one in the Garden Centre as well. Oh, thank you so much. It went really well. They well, they all make a difference, don't they? And it is just people try it without any nervousness about about it. Like you say, when you go to your markets, people are like, "Oh, I don't drink rum," but when they try it and they have some chat with you, that changes, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, and you explain what's in it. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't get invited to this, by the way. Ages <laughs> ago, I like the Disney one. All my friends next are coming time. in to play. Put me on the guest <laughs> list next time, please. Oh, okay. you should always be on the guest list, Janet. I'm sorry. Hello, hello. So, so Cleo, you're. I'm intrigued because I just think bringing a new brand must be so challenging. What are the what are the kind of big hurdles and obstacles that you've faced and how have you managed aside from a good load of grit and determination I should imagine how have you have you managed to overcome them oh my god right the biggest the first thing was um the licenses from HMRC oh wow that is hard that is really really hard they sent two people around my house to interview me and check my house to check that I wasn't a dodgy young person which is madness (laughs) but you have to apply obviously there's a lot of legal um compliance around you can't just go lobbing booze at people they get a bit cross about that so um, I've got to have you know warehouse keepers licenses you know you can keep it under bond there's a lot of sort of technical stuff to move it around you have to have special insurances it's just huge if you want to sell it without without paying all the duty you have to get a license for that so it is a bit mad and I also obviously import it so Brexit's a good laugh um that's my new thing um so that uh, right at the beginning so not only deciding the liquids but yeah getting your head around all the licenses where do you keep it do you know what I mean so I've had to find out all about that it's just insane I've got a warehouse near Liverpool huge great big thing where they keep it safe for me because again HMRC don't like that so there's that and then it's like well how do you get it in a bottle Honestly, everything has been a huge... What do I do? It's just madness. And so I've just been going around, like, pecking people's heads, going, well, what about this? What about this? And everyone's been really, really helpful. And so I've ended up speaking to the right people who have then referred me in the right direction. So, but, oh, you know what it's like. You have to, you know, you find one bottler, but then you have to speak to loads of them because you can't take just what one says as face value. And then you have to get the costs. Are they ripping me off or not? Then you, oh, my God, it's taken ages. And then the labels, there's loads of compliance around that. So the whole legal bit has been huge. And then I thought, oh, I'll just do a rum and then everyone will buy it. No, it doesn't work like that. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I thought, Cleo. When I opened my shop in Disbury, I thought, I've just opened a shop and everybody comes in. (laughs) No, No, it's not (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't work, does it? I'm like, that was a rude awakening. 
I know. Yeah. But luckily, because of the past, I mean, I do, <laughs> I do think I would luckily, I don't think I would attempt this if I hadn't been in the industry for so long. And I had a really good relationship with a wholesaler. And so they took it on straight away. Right. Which is brilliant because they knew me mm. and they also knew um, I do know what I'm doing despite I might not sound like it. Um, and so they believed in the liquid <laughs> and they took it on. And that was really good because I had a route to market instantly, which I think is that getting your route to market is another massive hurdle. So you know about it, don't you? You've got wholesalers and then you've got regional wholesalers and then you've got, you know, different bars buy from different wholesalers some wholesalers if you're not known they don't touch you so again I campaigned steadfastly to get into them all and was an actual pain in the bum to be honest but it worked um yeah and so that was a big one but for that wasn't luckily for me that wasn't an actual massive hurdle but it would be for people that don't know a wholesaler um so I went straight in with them and they have their sales teams, which really helped. And then I've just signed up. Getting a distribution deal is also difficult, but I've just signed one, whoop, which is brilliant. Um, oh, well done. Yes. So that, yeah, so that, if people aren't sure what that means, that they literally make sure you're getting into all the wholesalers. They've got national sales teams, and they can really push it out through the on-trade and the off-trade. So, yeah. There's, there's that. So those are the main hurdles. And then cash flow is the other one. <laughs> That's a bad one. Exactly. <laughs> yes, because you've got, you've got to buy the stock. Well, you know that. You've got to buy the stock up front and then you've got yeah. to sell it. Uh, and so it's a, it's a juggling act all the time. Uh, you don't want too much sitting in bond in storage because you've got loads of warehouse costs. So you must be, you must do this all the time. At reserve, don't you? Yeah, it's a, it's a similar thing. It is always juggle, and then how quickly can we sell it, and et cetera, et cetera. And then if you're new, like you say, when you're new or you're dealing with a new supplier, often you have to, as you'll know, you have to pay up front, so you've not got any yes. credit. And so you're like, God, I've got to juggle that with what else I need to buy. And then, like you say, if it's sat in bond, that's costing you money every day. So it's it's all that balancing, isn't it, all the time? Yeah. Um, and but I have then to do you need... pallets of rum at a time because it's gone up a notch. Mm. I have to you know, get it done in pallets. So it's great mm. that it's selling in pallets. <laughs> I've got to buy it in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, no, it's all right. It's going well, but it is a lovely juggling act all the time. And I don't think there's any any brand owner or outward that would say any different. You've just got to be very careful. You know, you know what, Cleo? It's just so nice and so refreshing, excuse the pun, to hear somebody talking honestly about it, you know, warts and all. I just love that. And um, and I, that was, goes back to what I was saying before, you know, when you were doing the recordings and stuff, you know, you're so authentic and everything. And that is the real story. You know, that is the story about bringing a new brand to market and everything. And you just inject so much of your personality into it, which which is fantastic. The word you used was fun, wasn't it? And I think that's what it should be about. And I've always said that about wine, as you know, and we should just, and you're on the same track, aren't you, with it, Janet? So it is yeah. about making it or making it fun. They're there to be enjoyed. That's it. That's the bottom line. So we just want to to make that journey as, as, as pleasurable for people as possible. And I think, like you say, your branding is gorgeous, Cleo. I mean, it's so difficult to come up, Thank isn't you. it? 
think of a name like you say and good branding all that is is really quite challenging and your branding's beautiful and yeah you know really makes a big difference and really stands out and people are drawn to it and and your personality as well it's 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 all there so it's it's fantastic (laughs) no it's great though thank you very much so what are we all up to what are we all up to uh for the rest of the week we're actually this afternoon going to didsbury because we're looking at refurbing it so that's exciting so i'm going to meet uh a a builder to see what we can do with the space so that's that's exciting that's where i'm going later on so just like to do that's cool good a few tweaks at didsbury site and uh make it yeah we've got a few ideas for, for that one so I'm off Brilliant. I love doing that. What about you, Cleo? Are you up to anything exciting over the next week? Well, I'm helping someone open a cafe in a huge, big, well-known sports store, which I'm not allowed to take. So that, I'm doing that on the side. And I'm also trying to convince people to lend me enough money to open a distillery. That's my main oh. job. Oh. This week. <laughs> so we can all come down and make rum with me. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I'm sure. <laughs> really absolutely. 100%. I've got 100% confidence you are going to be able to do that. Yeah. Something tells me. What do you think, Kate? She's going to get it. That's very exciting, though. Um, oh, it is, but it's yeah. hard. I'm doing pitch checks and things like this. And as I say, I've, I've, it's all stuff I've not done before. So I'm literally like, ah. Um, but, yes, yeah, so we're getting that together and then I'll start, hopefully, if you know anyone that wants to invest in a rum business, please let me know because it looks really good. Yeah. So we're just going out to investors at the moment. But yes, so you could do a, a you could do a crowd. You could do a crowd funder. I thought about that. We I mean, tip I in a bit of money. Yeah, they might do. Might yeah. they? I might do that. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that's my wow. week. Well, good luck with that. And it's it, it's you. been so brilliant talking to you. Um, <laughs> Thank you really for nice. Me. Please make. Oh no, it's it's an absolute pleasure. Um, and yeah, and good luck. That's all. I'm sure you don't need it, but yeah, good luck. And you've obviously worked really hard. Thanks, guys. I'm gonna make a Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, please subscribe in your podcast app and leave us a review. Open up and pour is a dap dip production. Thanks to the original Rabbitfoot Spasm Band for the theme music and for more information about the People's Choice Drinks Awards, go to peopleschoicedrinksawards.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram.